Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I remember going on a date with this really beautiful girl who, like, I was like, oh, head over heels in love with. Mm-hmm. And we watched uh, the Will Smith movie, Seven Pounds. Mm. That movie, oh, man. Cried like a baby, man. That movie, I was crying. That movie made me cry too, bro. I'm not going to lie Welcome back to the podcast. I started this podcast as a way to help black men in all aspects of our lives. Studies show on average, we lose 2.8 years of our life when we're under heavy stress. And I think we can gain those 2.8 years back if we express ourselves healthily. Stick with me as I interview therapists, doctors, advocates, activists, and friends about how we can be better as black men and as a black community. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube and following us on Instagram and TikTok, you'll definitely want to do that. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, y'all, I'm back with another episode. I'm here with Samuel. Samuel is a licensed therapist, and he runs an Instagram page called The Waking Human. Samuel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Kizzle. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. So, yeah, we were talking in the, the prelude to this episode or the precursor to this episode, and I could tell you have just a lot to share, man. We ha- we're having a very interesting conversation. I kind of wish we recorded that conversation now, um, but we can definitely bring it back. So we were talking a little bit about your page and your background and how you got into it. So can you just tell us, especially everybody that's, that's listening, how did you get into therapy? And then also, like, why why do you call your page The Waking Human? Like, what's the meaning behind that? Right. Okay, so there's two questions there. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so how did I get into this? Um, so I used to be a family physician who worked in Nigeria for, I think, almost five years. So I worked in a private hospital. And what happened was sometimes we will work in the emergency. So that's where people just, you know, there's a long line of people coming in. And then sometimes we would go on the wards. So Mm -hmm. the wards was where we would meet people, you get to know them on a more personal level. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what would happen was when I worked on the wards, I would come in contact with a lot of patients who, you know, come over time, kind of get to talk to them. Some of them get to trust you and they get to share a lot about their lives. And what I realized was we had some very successful patients, you know, financially, I mean, Mm -hmm. top of their careers, just didn't want for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were struggling in their personal lives. At the time, I wasn't thinking mental health, though. This was just more personal lives, relationships, you know, there was abuse. I would hear so many things and... So what happened at that time was I would say, you know what? I close at five, bring your husband, bring your wife, bring that kid. 
let's 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 have a little sit down let's you know let's just talk and i would do that and you know just some psychoeducation provide them with some communication skills and they would go home and it would help mm-hmm. but what i found for myself was that i was looking forward more to doing that which was for free right? <laughs> than to the medicine that i was being paid for and i'm like what's right. happening so I would spend all these hours. I'd have three hours after I closed from work. I'd see three sets of people. Sometimes it was 30 minutes. And so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what's happening? So I remember one time um, I went home and I told my mom, I said, you know, I'm really considering going into counseling. She was like, what? What do you mean? Like you counsel your patients all the time. You're a doctor. Or, you know, this, mm-hmm. she, it was just like, no, don't even think about it. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you're kind of right. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I can also still do this on the side, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I came to Canada in 2016, I realized that I needed to study for the medical exams before I could practice. And before then, I had opened my page on Instagram and, you know, I would get these deep questions and I would also follow other pages online and I realized that there was a lot about relationships that I didn't know I realized there was a lot about mental health that I didn't understand Mm -hmm. and so I began to ask myself how would I know more about this so I did a coaching course it was about 16 hours 16 hours or something like that Mm -hmm. I got certified I still wanted to know more And then I was doing more research and I realized there was a master's degree in counseling psychology that I could have done. Mm -hmm. And I sat, thought to myself, do I spend all this time study for the medical thing, then become a family physician and then still feel like I don't have the full equipment to help people. Mm -hmm. The other factor to consider was the idea that I was also enjoying this. You know, I would sit down and talk to people and it was just so much fun. I didn't feel as drained. And then also my parents were not here, you know, to, 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 to argue with me or tell mm-hmm. me how much money they had spent on my medical education. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I decided to, to go ahead and get the master's degree. So, yeah, I just finished in December last year. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a, a certified Canadian counselor. So, yeah, that's, that's how I got into this. Right. Um, to answer the second question, when I started my page on Instagram, I was initially known as the domesticated man. Okay. And the idea behind starting that, which I think is why we really connected was because, you know, it was just this thing of being in a, in an African society in Nigeria and just really seeing how men lived. Mm -hmm. There was that idea of masculinity and what it meant to be a man and to be a husband in a home. And I, I kind of noticed that I wanted to do things a little bit differently. So one of the things, and these are just simple examples that might not really make a lot of sense in the big picture, but I thought, I think they're really powerful. I lived with an uncle once who worked really hard, but on the weekends would cook in the house for the family. I remember being there, the kids would wake up on a weekend, daddy, 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 wake up, it's breakfast time. And, you know, we'd get up, he'd come to me and say, Sam, come on, come on, let's go make breakfast. And he'd be like, you know, he'd tell his wife, just go chill. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that just really I just really admired that you know I would see them in the kitchen mixing stuff and I remember thinking to myself oh when I get married when I have my kids I want to do this too facts yeah I also remember living with another one who 
who used to make it a point of duty to spend an hour a day with his kids. I mean, value just that direct quality intentional time and he would sit there and they would talk about nonsense, right? I'd sit there and I'd be like, what are they even talking about? And he would sound like they were making sense, like, whoa, that happened, Mm -hmm. you know? And I saw that, but that wasn't something that I necessarily had in my home. Mm. You know, my dad was the working type, just wanted to support his family, make sure we never wanted for anything, make sure he paid the bills, but not really present in that way you know if that makes sense and so for me uh it was that idea of being domesticated because you know you think about women right and how (laughs) they kind of like do all the domestic chores and all this so I like doing things like that I like spending time with my kids waking up in the morning giving them showers Mm -hmm. so you know I thought oh that makes me a domesticated man so I kind of put that name on Instagram and you know I started sharing my personal life Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, I just did this, with, did this with the kids today. I took them out. I, we were having a shower. They were sharing this with me. Mm-hmm. And, oh, lots of women resonated with that. You know, I was having like 96% of my followers were women. Mm-hmm. Lots of comments. My page was growing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but it's not really the women I want to reach out to. Though. What's happening right. here? This isn't working, right? Right, right, right. And oh, the men, sometimes they would comment because what would happen was women would like tell their husbands, you know, it, it was it was like, go and follow this man and see how you should be. Oh, and my do God. This. And you know what I mean? Oh, so that wasn't working. Yeah. So the men, the men would come and they'd be like, you know, they would attack me. And, you know, I began to sit down and ask myself, why is this happening? The people that I want to reach out to they don't like me. <laughs> they, they, you know, I'm repulsive to them. Something right. is wrong here. Right? Right, right. right. So, you know, I, I began to engage this man on my page. We would talk. Sometimes we would talk in the comments. Sometimes mm-hmm. some of them will come to my inbox. And I, I realized that the name in itself mm-hmm. was a, a judgment of sorts, an unconscious judgment. You know, what if I don't want to be domesticated? Are you saying I'm not a good man? Are you saying only domesticated men are good men? Are you saying that men that do all these other things that, that, that live up to the code that was essentially given to them? Are you saying that we're bad men? And I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Right. You know, what I'm really saying is that there might be a better way to do things. Like the way we're doing it is great, but maybe there's some room for growth. Maybe there's some room to do things better. Maybe there's more room to be a team in a household, to, to work together with your partner, to, to connect more, more room for intimacy, you know, lessen that power dynamic that sometimes exists between, you know, a, a man and a woman in a, in a, in a heterosexual relationship. And so, you know, we'll have those conversations and then I realized the name was a big issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, I changed it to the waking human and essentially the idea with the waking human is that I believe that, you know, even the idea of a man is a construct and, and, and the idea of a woman is a construct. I'm not talking about the body parts now. I'm talking about the way that society says we should be and the way that it's best to be that way. And I think that it puts a lot of pressure on people. It, it, it causes a lot of problems for us psychologically. And I think for me, the waking human just essentially meant that, first of all, I want to identify as human. So this is me. I'm a human being. And I believe that once I come down to that basic sense of it, it means that I'm like everyone else because we're all human. 
And then the idea of waking is the idea of it's a present continuous process. Because the more I learn, you know, I've, 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 I've done seven years of med school, I've done two years of a master's degree, in fact, almost three years of a master's degree in counseling psych. And I can tell you that the more I know, I realize that I don't really know. There's just so much to study. There's so much to know about the human mind, the brain. And so for me, the person you spoke to the other day is not the person you're speaking to today because I just right. keep waking up. I just keep learning. I keep growing. And that was the idea. And I think it's really helped because now my Instagram page is like maybe 77% women and 33% men. So that's a huge that's a huge that's shift. A huge, yeah. That's a huge shift. Yeah. 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 Nah, I love that, man. <laughs> You said so much in there that I wanted to comment <laughs> on. So there's a couple of things that you talked about early on. You right. talked about finding excitement in mental health and like therapy and just like counseling in general. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand like how exciting it is to help someone else. Right. Like I really uh, it drives me. Right. Like it really motivates me. It's a passion of mine. I, and I'm not saying it has to be everybody's passion. But what I find is when I sit with people like you and I have these conversations, especially mental health professionals, it really is a passion, at least the people that um, do it well. Right. It really is a passion and it's something that they've been called um, to do. Right. Like I was having a meeting with and I'm smiling because I'm thinking about it. I was having a meeting with one of the CEOs that I'm trying to partner with to offer low cost therapy and safe haven. Um, Safe haven is, is a short for a black man. Safe haven It's a private healing community that we just launched that's going to have low-cost therapy, uh, medical mm-hmm. concierge service, community forums, all that kind of stuff for Black men to get in there and really heal together, oh, right? Yeah, so idea. yeah, so we're doing a partnership with one of the organizations that's going to be offering low-cost therapy. So I had a meeting with them yesterday, and I was walking them through Safe Haven, talking about it, all of the different things that it's going to have in there. And the guy, and, and the guy Malik, um, he's the CEO, he stopped me. He said, you're happy, aren't you? And I was like, and I'm sitting there smiling, you know, know, like cheek to cheek smile. Like you can see everything, right? Like cheek to cheek smile. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, bro, what's up? Like, am I? You're you're enjoying this, right? Yeah. He's like, you happy, right? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm good. What's like, what's wrong? What's what's going on? I'm thinking that he thinks something's wrong, right? So I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm good. He's like, nah, I know you're happy. Like I could see it, right? Like, because I've been doing promotions on the page and stuff, and I had this video where I talk about it. He's like, yo, bro, you just smiled throughout that entire video. I'm like, yeah, bro, because I'm passionate about this, like. I'm excited about the impact that we're going to have on people. So that makes me smile, bro. Like it's something that really drives me when I get up. Like today I woke up at 5 a.m. and recorded two videos. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't do that if you're not passionate about stuff. Right. And I say all this to say, like, I think a lot of times as men, we get caught up in like trying to find success in money and status. Like I talked about this in one of the videos earlier today. And we have to learn to equate success to happiness and peace. And really that happiness and peace comes from being at peace with what you do and understanding that when you wake up and you go throughout your day, you're moving with purpose and you're moving with what God has called you to do. And that's what I think I've really found with this Express Yourself Black Man community and ultimately Safe Haven is my calling and my purpose, right? And I talk about it a lot because I think we all have a, unique purpose that we've been put on this earth to you know fulfill and we end up chasing all of these things that are socially constructed like money status fame all these things are social constructs right but what god has called you to do will never be a construct it'll always be 
what is in alignment with what he has called you to do. Right. And so it's always going to be there. And people have all of these voices in their head about what they should be doing. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When really they need to just really sit down and just do a little bit of self-reflection to understand what it is that they're being called to do versus what they think they should do. Right. And I, th- and, and I think that's what you found. Right. Like that's what you ended up finding because you were, yeah. you were, you were a doctor. You're successful. Yeah. Everything is good. Yeah. You're making yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Why make that pivot? You know, I'm just I I hear you talking about this, and I'm 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 having a picture in my head. God creates you, puts a gift in you, boom. But you're a child, so you don't know what that gift is, right? You're growing. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these messages. Mm. Oh, doctors are the most prestigious. Accountants. You're just hearing different things. And sometimes people are not even trying to tell you anything. Mm -hmm. They're just talking. Oh, man, I'm going to be a YouTube star. Oh, I'm going to be this. Oh, I'm going to be that. Like, I I guess for me, you know, for the listeners, I just want to, if you haven't found your purpose, I don't want you to, to, to feel bad. It's hard. You know what I mean? Depending on the amount of trauma, depending on the amount of, of, of things that have happened to you in your life, like it's going to be hard to find your purpose because the time that it was given to you, the time that it was dropped in you, <laughs> most of the things that have happened to you had not happened yet. You know, like if you, if you grew up in a place where there was no money, you didn't have any food. If you grew up in a place where you had to sell drugs to survive, if you grew up in a place where everyone around you was being killed and you had to take a gun to, what are you talking about? Purpose, you know? So it's a privilege for you and I to sit here. Right, that's true. Talk about purpose. Right, that's very true. It's, it's It's a privilege because, you know, I'm not saying that things have not happened to us, but the things that have happened to us have kinda, maybe delayed our purpose. Maybe it took a while because for me, I had to go to med school and do all those things to find it. But for some people, like they're just in like survival mode. And so I guess I'm just trying to say it's hard. And you know, if you haven't found your purpose, I, I don't feel bad about it. You right. know, there's, there's a lot that has happened. And especially when we talk about the black man, man it's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It hits, it hits completely different. I think what I want to add to that is definitely don't feel bad and understand where you are, but do something to get out of that. Right. Because we can't, we can't just, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm never going to find it because that's what ends us. That's what ends up putting us in the victim mentality. Whereas like, I just take what life throws at me, regardless of what happens, I ain't going to be able to get out of this anyway. So why bother? And we can't get stuck in that mindset because that leads to depression, suicide ideations, all these other things, right? 
You are the master of your fate, regardless of if you want to believe it or not, you are the master of your fate. Yes, we do have a certain level of privilege when we talk about purpose, but that privilege did come with a certain level of sacrifice as well. Like if we just look at your story, point blank period, you had a really successful job. You yeah. had people telling you, what the hell are you doing this for? Yeah. That's a certain level of sacrifice. And I'm sure if we dig even deeper, there's more sacrifice underneath all that that even led to you getting into medical school and becoming a doctor, right? right. When we look at me, I went through depression, suicidal ideations, went through my, my broke period when I was in college, didn't have money, all these different things. But ultimately, I stuck with what I felt called to do at an early age. I found that at an early age. So I definitely um, acknowledge that that is a certain level of privilege, but it's not like I stumbled across it. At first, I thought my purpose on earth was to fix computers. I was really good at it. You know what I'm saying? I was really great at it. And I went to school for it and I did good in school. And so I'm listening to my parents and I'm like, okay, you know what? I did good in computer repair in high school. I'm going to go to school and do computer science. I go to school in college and do computer science. Relationship fails. I end up getting super depressed, suicidal ideations. I start getting to a point where I'm getting broken down to get built back up. Right. And so once I got to the point where I was like, OK, this is basically kind of like my rock bottom. Now I need to figure out who I am and what it is that I'm, I need to do. Right. I'm still doing the computer science because I understand that I'm good at it. But something in the back of my head is like I need to do a little bit more self-reflection to understand who I am. And once I did that, I really sat with myself and tried out a bunch of different things. And I talk about this a lot. I tried out a bunch of different things, graphic design, website design, computer science, of course all these different things, I finally started to get to a point where I was like, okay, I feel most passionate when I'm talking to people about stuff that's going to help them. Right. So how do I do that for life? First right. thing I thought was motivational speaking. Right. So I did that for a little bit. I did organizations, did workshops, all that kind of stuff. And then I realized, okay, it's not really motivational speaking. You want to make a serious change in somebody. Like you want somebody to, you want somebody's life to be completely change when they have conversations with you. Motivational speaking is you get a short fuse. Like you light them like up. An in, like an injection. You know what I'm saying? Of, an injection yeah, of yeah, adrenaline, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. want you to get an injection of adrenaline. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. That's not, that's not the lane I'm in. Right. I don't want to give you a short, you know, injection of adrenaline. I could motivational speak if I want to all day, every day. I can give you the greatest motivational talk ever. You know what I'm saying? But if you can't go back home and implement what I talked to you about because you have depression, suicidal ideations, anxiety, all these other things that are impacting you, then my, my job isn't done. So I realized, OK, the real solution is getting people to a point where they can transform themselves based on things that you're either teaching them or, or equipping them with. And so that's when I got into like, OK, mental health, all these different things. But it, it was a journey. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying all this to say, like, yes, we have a privilege to be able to talk about our purpose, but that privilege came with sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice that we all have to choose consciously to make, whether it be taking time to self-reflect, taking time to not go out to parties or spending more time. I talked about I was up at 5 a.m. today. You know what I'm saying? Like I was up at 5 a.m. today recording a video. And that's not everybody's, you know, that's not everybody's story. But I choose to do that because I understand that that sacrifice is going to pay off not only for me, but for other people that I've been called to help. Right. 
right? And I think a lot of us are, are in tune with what we want to do, but we also don't want to make the sacrifices. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. To live up to that yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 definitely, uh, there's definitely people like that. And I think maybe what I was actually speaking to was the people who are like, I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they're just in a place where they're like, I don't even know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, you're right. There's people who, who, who kind of know that this is where, this is where I'm, I'm being led. And this is kind of what I enjoy doing, but sometimes, yeah, there's some of those pieces, but you know, honestly, when we dive deep down. Yeah. Tell me. Into, into the psychology of everything. Mm-hmm even when you talk about people who are lazy, even when you talk about people who are not willing to make sacrifices, even when you talk about people who are not willing to do what it takes mm-hmm. to get the job done, that's usually something behind that. Right. And yeah, we don't need to get into all of that, but you know, honestly, I say this to clients all the time, you're normal for your experiences. Right. I think that if you and I, and, 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 and that's why privilege is so nuanced. It's like when people hear that word, it's, you no, know, I don't, I don't mean like, oh, you know, you had everything going for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like when we talk about the privilege of being white, mm-hmm. you know, a poor white person is going to be like, what privilege are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> no, just hold on, hold on. I, I don't mean you've had everything great for you. I'm just saying that when you walk into a room that a black man walks into, there's something that happens for you that doesn't happen for them. That's mm. the privilege we're talking about. When mm. a cop sees you, there's a different sense that they have of how safe you are, of how just because of the color of your skin. It's not, you, you don't necessarily have to do anything. So when we talk about, you know, privilege, I guess I'm just saying that everyone at any stage in their life, whenever I sit, sit with clients and they're like, ah, I struggle with this, I struggle with this. I, I always find myself thinking, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. And after a while, we begin to, you just see it. It's like, yeah, this is why, this is why. So even when you have that lazy person, that person who's not able to make sacrifices, so, you know, who's not able to, it, there's, there's, there's still something, but yeah, we don't, we don't need to go into that. No, 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 that's fine. I, I like the fact that you, you, you're breaking that down for me because it's just giving me different insight and different ways to think about it. I think when we had these conversations, we talked specifically from our perspective. Right. And I think in my life, I've seen a lot of people that I'm like, yo, you know what you should be doing, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, bro, come on. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. And it's like, I want to I want to push this person to what they're being called to do, because I feel like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's what they're being called to do. But you can see it. Yeah. You know, I can see it. But at the same time, I also have to curb myself a little bit because maybe what I'm seeing isn't what it actually is. Yeah. But yeah. so it, that's just, it's just no, the way I, I am exactly sometimes. And I have to, and I have to like, I have to ease off of that a little bit. So I'm glad that you brought in that other perspective about privilege in a way that we, we look at purpose and just our, our life in general, because you've seen things differently than I have. And you've, you've, you've had conversations with people where you can kind of get to the root of why someone may be so-called lazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely definitely very interesting to think about, man. But you also said something something else. We're gonna pivot a little bit. You said something else okay. where okay. you're talking about growing up in yeah. African culture. You know, you know, we gotta talk about that and the <laughs> expectations of you as a man, mm. right? One of the good, one of the definitely like one of the great things that you you mentioned was 
seeing man we about to get deep i already know where i'm going with this <laughs> seeing positive displays of comprehensive men in your household and what i mean by comprehensive men i get this definition from jason wilson his book battle cry um and just him in general on, on instagram he talks about comprehensive men not only operating out of masculinity and the traditional roles of a man but being comprehensive enough to do other things like self-care taking care of others nurturing things that we would traditionally consider feminine right and you talked about seeing i believe you said it was your uncle yeah two of them were my uncles right seeing your uncles and the way that they were present in their children's lives spent time with their children cooked to take off some of the load of, of their wife and all that kind of stuff and we're excited to also drag you into it and do things and when I think about that in my family, I was talking to a friend about this. I was talking about how in my family, my dad is the only man that's like that. And the entire family that I can think of. All of my uncles, I have basically like maybe one or two uncles that, that, don't, that aren't like that, that aren't really a positive that aren't really that don't really give real guidance in terms of how to be a man, how to be a comprehensive man. And right, this is right, this is how right. a lot of men grow up. There isn't a lot of positive male role models in their lives. And so they go and look for look for these things and other people and they end up emulating what they see, not knowing that what they see isn't necessarily healthy or isn't conducive to create creating the life that they want to have. So I think it's so important that you talked about your upbringing and seeing your uncles dragging you into that kind of stuff, because now like like having a conversation with you. I can see that you're you're like, I don't know you that well. Right. But I can tell from the conversation that we're having that you're balanced. I can feel that kind of vibe from you. Right. And you kind of get vibes from people in conversations. I can feel that vibe from you. And I'm and I'm trying to understand, especially as an African man, you know, (laughs) Cause right, right, I'm gonna just be right. honest. Sometimes we can we can really be on a certain we can be on a certain side when it comes to uh, that yeah, that yeah, balance, yeah, right? Yeah, so as an yeah. African man, I think it's very very interesting. Like, how did you manage that growing up? And were you did you feel like you ever had any like challenges with that when it came to like the way that you displayed yourself as a man? I think that there's a couple of things that played a role in 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 being the person that I am today and that balance that you talk about and having those influences around you you know sometimes I ask myself that question too because I'm the only one like that in my family too Mm -hmm. Um, I literally grew up with a dad who maybe cooked I remember him cooking two times my whole child twice I that, that I remember now maybe it's more but I remember twice and those two times my mom traveled and she had already cooked like bulk food and left behind. And so it was just this one time where he had to like do something and two different times. I remember them so well. And, you know, you just kind of look back on your life and you ask yourself, why are you the way you are? Because again, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you think about this from a mental health perspective, about that privilege piece that we talked about, you're like, what are some of the influences? What are some of the, you know, the the the, the light bulb moments that I had in my life? I think that one of the things was that I I grew up around women. Mm-hmm. So my mom has five sisters. She had me as a single mom. So she had me. My dad was not in my life for maybe about eight years. A lot of female influence, like mm-hmm. lots and lots of it. And I think even to the point where as I was growing up, I would have this, what you would call a feminine, you know, my friends would say when I, when I talk, I'd, I'd do that. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they, they, they kind of laugh at me. I don't know what it's called for people who are listening on the audio. So, yeah. uh, but um, I think that that was a huge influence in the sense that I didn't get a lot of the male, male, this is how you act. So, you know, I could cry. Um, mm. I still cry till today. I, I remember going on a date. I went to med school in the Caribbean. I remember going on a date with this really beautiful girl who like, I was like, oh, head over heels in love with. Mm-hmm. And we watched uh, the Will Smith movie, Seven Pounds. Mm. That movie, oh man. Cried like a baby, man. That movie, I was crying. That movie made me cry too, bro. I'm not going to lie. Cried <laughs> like a baby. At the end, I was bawling. Yeah. Okay. That's now, so funny girl, that you mentioned that. She's just like watching me. Right? Mm-hmm. And we walk out of the theater. And she like goes and she tells her friend, she's like, oh man, that guy, just forget about him, man. He's yeah. like, that was the end. Stop right. picking my calls. So, you know, uh, but I was comfortable with it. I, I, I didn't feel that it took anything. So, you know, those kinds of things, I think just being in a space where, because I think if there were men, African men in those situations where I was crying, they'd be like, no, you're a man. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, there's times, I think I put up a video about this a while ago, a long time ago. When I watch my son cry, there's a voice in me that says this, stop crying, you're a man. But I don't say that. Mm. I still have that because I still got those messages as I was growing up mm-hmm. where people would tell me, you know, men don't do that. You have to be a man. You have to stand strong. And so I think I kind of got a good balance with that female influence and it was all female, it was all feminine. And then growing up, I think when I was about nine, my mom got married to my stepfather, who's like a really masculine man. And, you know, he's strong, never seen him cry, works hard, provides for his family, disciplinarian, you know, follow the rules and do it this way. So I think I had a really good balance because what happened, I think, was when I, not intentionally, obviously, but those two pieces, I think, just kind of came together and and made me open to certain things. Mm. So, you know, you're, because when you watch someone cook for his kids, I feel like there's many people that see that, but it doesn't resonate with them. Because when, when we talk about influence, the two things need to happen for influence to have results. You need to see the thing and it needs to connect with you. There's many people who see some of the things that you've seen that I've seen and they just like walk away thinking, oh, that guy, what is he even doing? And what a waste of time and stuff like that. So you're also curious about what makes it appeal to you, what draws you to it and says, oh, this looks nice. This looks like something I'd do. But to be honest with you, apart from all these things that I've said, I have no idea 
why the things that connect with me do. But when you talk about balance, I think it's just about wanting to be human. I really, really want to do away with the things that define us, that society says should define us. A quick example of that, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. You know, she was saying to me, men want respect and, you know, and and women just want love. And I said to her, I said, you know, I'll challenge that a little bit. When you're not respected as a woman, how does that make you feel? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Does it, you know, because at the end of the day, we also need to take conditioning into question. Because for a man, when he doesn't feel love, he doesn't really verbally complain about it, but he knows. Right. Right. So it's not, it's, but if he's disrespected, he'll be verbal about it because Mm. that's what society says it's okay to complain about. Oh my God, bro. It's like you disrespect me, you disrespect me, you disrespect, don't, you never ever disrespect, but his kids, sometimes he comes home, they don't say daddy welcome, they don't hug him. He feels that, but he's not gonna complain though. It's the mom you're gonna hear. Mommy came back, you guys didn't come to hug me. But the mom though, she's getting some disrespect and she's not too vocal about it. Why is that? Oh, and we were talking about this and it was so it was so good because it was like, yeah, I actually feel that. And I'm like, it, it's the same thing for me. Like, if I don't feel loved, like I feel that. So it's almost like, <laughs> it's just getting back to that, denominator of being human and just realizing that even though society says we should be and be and be and be and be and that's why you know we talked about therapy and I said it's that space because when you allow people to be able to say you know the day I came home I've had a client say this to me whenever my wife comes home the kids are so excited they just run to her and and whenever I come home it's like they don't care Mm. how does that make you feel said, I'm angry, said, no, 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 hold on, hold on, oh, I have a, I have a sheet, right, it has, like, anger at the top, and Mm -hmm. all these emotions under, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, and Mm -hmm. I, like, press print, and I go, and I bring the paper, and I'm like, just show me, and he's like, oh, alone, disappointed, Mm -hmm. come on, bro, like, this is a man, he's not gonna say that outside, you know what I mean, so, Mm -hmm. when we talk about that balance, human, 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 that's, I think, the foundation that we need to come back to and get people comfortable with feeling that, with being human. And then I think that balance, we kind of will be able to sense our way to it, in a sense. Man, you said something super, super interesting about the respect versus love thing and the way we view that as man and as a man and in the way women view that as well and what we feel like we can be verbal about right because of society and it's so true like if i get oh my i'm just thinking about it right now right if i get disrespected (laughs) right if i get disrespected it's like i have to correct that right now yeah you know what i'm saying i can't i can't be out here getting disrespected i'm a man (laughs) that's right the hell this man think he's doing disrespecting (laughs) me man i gotta tell him something like that's how we feel but if it's like we don't feel like we're being loved, it's like, yo, 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 I'm not. You know what I'm saying? It's like we can't even get the words out. 
if we even whisper. It's almost shame. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. talk about love? Nah. Oh, bro, nah, man. Come on. Bro, you know what's so interesting? The other day, right, I put, I put my girlfriend up for the first time on the Instagram page. And I just, you know, I put a, I put a long post up and just talked about how much I appreciate her and I love her. And the community loved it and all that. But I, I ain't do it for that. I did that because I really care about her and I appreciate her. And she's done a lot for me and stuff. And then I started thinking about myself. I started thinking about, dang, is, is this kind of embarrassing for me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like where like, are those thoughts coming from, you know? Right, like, and I'm, put, and I'm on my story post and I'm talking about how much I love her and all this kind of stuff. And the next day I started thinking like, did I embarrass myself by talking about how much I love my girl? And I started thinking, why in the hell should I be embarrassed for showing that I love the person that I'm with publicly? But that's how we're we're taught. We're taught that, like, if you show these displays of affection, which really is you show that you have feelings outside of anger. That you are somehow lesser than or you should feel shame or embarrassed, even if. I'm talking about being with a person that I love that's making my life better. It's so interesting to think about that, bro. Look, look, this is this is making me emotional because I'm so happy for you that you recognize that. But mm-hmm. for most men, you see, two things happen for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Two things. First, the awareness of the thoughts mm-hmm. that did I just embarrass myself? <laughs> <laughs> that's you had the thoughts right yeah, yeah. then you were aware of it mm-hmm. and then the second thing you did was you challenged it yeah for most people for many people they have the thought it's automatic they don't even know that they had the thought and they act on it right and you know what's interesting that's a lot of a lot of men are there a lot of men are there but please continue go ahead and once that happens you know, they might, the girlfriend might send them a text and be like, I love you. So this is something that happened online. Mm-hmm. Now they're so embarrassed, but it's unconscious. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend sends a text, hey, baby, what's happening? And he just like, <sighs> God, I can't believe away. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like resentment towards her now. Yes. Because it's like, you embarrass me. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's why it makes me sad because... You see this happen so often and you can tell that it's as a result of the construct. You can tell that it's as a result of the way this man has been told to be. So you see, now he has, these are the demons we talk about. Right. Now he's fighting within himself. If he should love the person that he really loves. Do you see how crazy that is? He loves her, Mm -hmm. but he's acting the opposite of it. Right. Because of this thing, this process that you just described, that you were aware happened mm-hmm. to you, that he, mm-hmm. he, he just, oh, I can't even deal, man. But, man, it's, and it's so wild because it's wild because like really what it is, is like we have this like, like I call it like, you know how people, you, you ever heard of like the black card thing where people are like, yeah. oh, you don't know about this. All right. So let me explain. Right. So in American culture, right, we had this thing where it's like, oh, you don't know about this and you're black. Oh, you, I'm taking your black card away. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm taking that away. Right. As men, not only do we have the black card, but we have the masculinity card. Right. 
and the masculinity card is like the gold platinum like we need that we can't get rid of that at all right so whenever we have anything that can threaten to take away the masculinity card it's like oh hell no i gotta tuck i gotta tuck that away i can't get my masculinity card taken away i can't get my masculinity card taken away i can't let these people see me like this they're gonna they're gonna say i you know what i'm saying and so we do everything we can to make sure we can hold on to that masculinity card, even if it means doing things that aren't conducive to making sure that we have a healthy and happy life for ourselves. Because society has made us feel like we have this, this card that we can't, get, we can't get taken away. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really how I think about it. No, you know what? I love that analogy, and I'm going to use it because... Yeah. The mm-hmm. idea of a card mm-hmm. is brilliant in the sense that <laughs> I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's like sparking ideas in my head because, you know, I would want to say to someone, what does your card say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, what, what does your say? masculine card say? Right. Right. Like, what, what is it? What is it telling you? What, right. What, 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 tell me. Tell me. Okay. What, what's the to-do list on your masculine right. card? And- That's it's really anyway, and, yeah. and you know what's so interesting? I would respond to you the way that Jason Wilson has responded before, right? When somebody asks him, what does it mean to be a man? Hmm. Or, or like, what, who, what is a man or what does it mean to be a man? He said, a man is anything and everything that he needs to be whenever he needs to be it. He said something like that, right? And so what I would say on my card is, my card is blank. My card is blank. And I fill it in with a pencil with a, with what I need to be in the moment that I need to be. it. I love that. On my girlfriend's birthday, I need to be affectionate. <laughs> I, I need to be posting my girl. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Then I can erase I that, that affection. And when I'm out in public, I need to be protective. And I need to write that down. Then I can erase that. And then when I need to go back into my emotional bag and deal, deal with and process my emotions, I can do that as well. But a lot of times as men, if we're going to use a card analogy again, we have this card and it's not even really a card if you think about it, because a card can be written on maybe like erased, torn or whatever. It's honestly kind of like a stone, right? Like a tombstone and engraved in it all the masculine attributes. And there is no room for anything else in that at all you can't add you can't take away do you know the most powerful thing about what you just said what is it that you are the one writing the things on the card exactly exactly most people their cards (laughs) they're not the ones who wrote it this is the problem right if any man Mm -hmm. this is what i'm listening for what's on your card if you say to me i wrote I can change. I can be. I c- oh, autonomy. Okay, bro. It's mm. your card. You do as you want with it. Okay. Mm. So to me, that means when you go out there and there's new information, you can go back home and be like, mm. I don't want that. Boom. Yeah. Right. Change it. That's you. You're in control. You're the one defining what that means for you. And that's where the power lies. Mm-hmm. Most people... It's what society says. That's a fact. Yeah. And they're not even, they really don't even understand that they have that card in their pocket that they're clutching onto. Yeah. 
and and until you that isn't that terrible it is terrible you don't even know that so we're not even talking about writing on the card we're saying i'm carrying a card that i don't even know Mm -hmm. and 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 what i had to do honestly if we're going to continue to use this analogy because i think it's really powerful what i had to really do was take that card that society handed me out of my pocket and give it back i had to find a moment to just be like you know what this ain't working for me bro and just give it back and make my own and i think a lot of men would be so much more happy if we just defined who we are like just yo you know what y'all want me to do all this i don't know here you go i'm gonna tell y'all what i'm interested in doing and if y'all want to rock with me after that cool but if not fine and just let go of everybody else's perceptions of us and what people think and what people say and all that kind of stuff because you're the only person that can determine what's best for you and you have to ultimately live with the decisions that you make and so if you're in this life and you're living on somebody else's time or standards or projections because a lot of it is just projections too if we think about it right if you're living based off of what somebody else tells you that you should be doing you're never going to be happy so when i see all these comments in my posts and this ain't gonna work and this is not what it this is not what it is and a man has to be this way and blah and i'm just like all right y'all I'm telling y'all right now, this is, this, this don't gotta, it doesn't have to be you. If you want it to be you, it can be you. If it works for you, then it should be you, but it doesn't have to be you. And I think that's the, that's the problem, right? We get to the point where we feel like we have to. There's an unseen force. Mm -hmm. That's like, if you, I don't even know. It's like, if you don't do this, nothing's going to work. And, 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 you know, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe it's interesting. One of the paradoxes that I talk about in therapy is we do not live in isolation. Mm. There's a very real threat from the environment when you don't act the way the environment expects you to. Right. And so, again, back to that word balance, you know, one of the things that comes to mind for me is the Will Smith incident we were talking about. Right. Um, I think that Will Smith has been through a lot of things that suggested that he wasn't loved the way he wanted to be loved. But I don't think that he slapped anyone. I don't think he punched anyone. That one experience, I remember, I, I keep thinking about that video. He's laughing at this thing and then he turns to his wife and he sees that look on her face. What is he thinking in that moment? If I were to guess, I need to protect my wife. How does society say protect your wife? Go on the shade room when that post was made. Everyone was in support of Will Smith. Yep. 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 So now this is this is what I'm trying to draw out for both of us here. There's a very real threat from society that there's everyone going in a particular direction. And when you decide as the lone wolf, because you're also talking about this thing where you're making posts and people are like, come on, bro. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. So now we're identifying another factor of why people potentially do not erase their cards 
Because when they do, people are gonna be, what are you doing? Your yeah. mom, your mom card, you wanna <laughs> erase that? Come on, bro, put it back. Yeah. This is the card that was given to us by our ancestors. This is how men are. This is what we do. This is how we do. Don't try that. What are you woke? What are you? Yeah. You know, there's all yeah. these things. Because at the end of the day, this there's a fine balance to be achieved. When you say you want to be different, what are you sacrificing when you make that difference? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in our African culture, we someone sent me a question, and this is something I haven't had time to answer, but Someone sent me a question and said, you know, he, we were supposed to get married. His parents said, don't get married to her. And he broke up with me. Did he really love me? I'm sitting there and I'm, I have so many thoughts. Mm. Because the typical answer for anyone would be a man is a man. If he's a man, if he really loved you, he will marry you if he wants to marry you. I'm sitting back and I'm like, but wait a minute. If he marries you and loses his mom and his dad, if they say to him, we're going to disown you, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying if any of those decisions are right, but mm-hmm. I'm saying, do we recognize the difficult choice that mm-hmm. this person has to make? Mm-hmm. That to say, I love my girl, I'm going to marry my girl, and then my parents are not going to be speaking to me anymore. They're not going to visit. They're not going to see their grandkids. They're not going to... Or do I let this girl go? That's precious to me. Mm-hmm. and stay with my family mm-hmm. recognizing that societal influence is so huge because sometimes again it's back to that privilege thing right yeah it's big um if, if, if i left medicine and my parents disowned me if i knew that that was the consequence what would i have done that's a you, good question yeah you probably would have stayed <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question right. if my dad said if you ever do not practice medicine after i spent thousands of dollars paying your fees i'm done with you oh mm. yeah then 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 the sacrifice becomes very like that's a then is real sacrifice that is real you see like that's a huge that's a huge difference between you and somebody else so that is definitely privileged you know what I'm saying? Like it's privileged nonetheless, but yes. Yeah, yeah, man, you're making a very, very valid point. And when I think about that too, man, it, what it really brought up for me was in my family, you know how you always hear about these things in people's families and you're like, wow, I cannot believe that happened in their family. Like this is actually nuts. That's crazy. Wow. I'm so glad I have like this normal family. Right. Yeah. And you grow up and you start talking to people more. And you're like, what the hell just happened in my family too? And I had one of those incidents, right? Where like, got older, had conversations. And I'm like, wow, I cannot believe sexual assault happened in my family with a family member or another family member. And that we are still talking to this family member. Like we still talk to the, to the family member that was part of the sexual assault. You know what I'm saying? And what I had to realize after a while and I just, I just like recently got to this point, maybe a few weeks ago, was that it's easy for me to look at it as black and white as I'm older and say, y'all should have just stopped talking to this person and shunned them from the family. But when I really take my time to go back and I think about the situations in which all of these family members were in, 
if one family member shuns the other family member, then you're basically also shunning yourself from the family if the rest of the family is still talking to that person. And if you need financial assistance, emotional support, people to watch the kids, all of these other things, how, how are you gonna do that by isolating yourself? You get what I'm saying? So we get to, we, we start to see how complex some of these decisions are. And so to hold somebody accountable for their behavior when you weren't really in that environment where they had to make those decisions, it's, I get it, I understand, but at the same time, this is why grace is so important in understanding that everybody can't always make a black and white decision. It can't always be black and white. It can't always be cut them off. No, I, I yeah, that, that example is so powerful because that is something that's very rampant in our community. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about sexual abuse. I'm talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about emotional abuse. And sometimes, you know, I think people think that some of these families don't know what they're supposed to do. You know, I've had a client who said to me, I, I wish you would just die. You know, and, 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 and most people would hear that and be shocked. Like, mm-hmm. What? You want someone to die? Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the time this client explained to me, I could see that it would be the easy choice because right. you see, I can't cut him off. <laughs> if I cut him off, there's going to be consequences for me, for the kids, for the family, for where we're going to live, how we're going to eat. It's like, I know that this person, so it made sense that the person was thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And obviously you want to have conversations. Are you planning to do it? Oh, no, you know, no, I can't do that. I will never do that. But this is, this is, it's a safety thing that the person can tell you I've had these thoughts mm. because if this person just died, I'll be at peace. Right. Right. Problems will be solved. They're cut off from the family. I don't have to cut them off. They're no longer there to abuse this person. So, you know, and, and, and just to kind of connect it, when we talk about the black man, I, I guess it's recognizing some of the things that may be standing in the way. Because, you know, we're talking about the black card, we're talking about the, the, the masculine card, and we're, we're talking about how some of us are in that journey of trying to write our own cards and, and make some of those decisions. Mm-hmm. And then it's also recognizing that there's a lot of people who might want to do that and, you know, just really struggle because of the consequences that might come from society, from family, from close friends. And right. maybe, maybe the goal for us in recognizing some of those, I'll call them stumbling blocks, is, is to, to begin to figure out how to create solutions for these issues so that people who, you know, who, who resonate with writing their own cards can begin to figure out a way and say, you know, yeah, how do I do it? Right. Yeah, man. Oh, man, this, is, uh, this has been a really, really, really dope episode, man. I, thank you so much for all the insight and the gems and the wisdom that you provided, man. I... I I really feel like I've come away from this episode with a lot more insight and just added perspective. And that's all I could really ever ask for with with these podcast episodes. Like I always tell people, like I do these for myself um, and I share them with the community because I know that they're also impactful and and provide healing for others. But I really do this for myself to just just learn more. Right. And I appreciate you for coming and sharing your insight and, and and your information with us and just your wisdom and your, and your knowledge, man, because it's definitely been helpful for me. So I know it will be helpful for others. 
Thank you. My pleasure. Absolutely, man. So can you please tell people where they can find you, how they can support anything that you have coming up, all of that good stuff? Oh, I don't know if I have anything coming up, but yeah, my Instagram page is The Waking Human. One of the struggles I've had with creating courses is that I want that long lasting thing like you, you mm -hmm. know, like not wanting to be a motivational, I want it and that's why I enjoy therapy. But yeah, I, I will have a couple of courses coming out soon and yeah, just find me on Instagram, The Waking Human and give me a follow, shoot me a message ask your questions and you know i typically have the time and i'll i'll, I'll respond absolutely samuel i appreciate you thank you kids yo i'm excited man we're currently building the exclusive community and it's going to have so many dope features. We're partnering with a black organization to offer low-cost therapy to each member of the exclusive community. And when I say low-cost, I mean that members will be able to get therapy sessions for less than $50 regardless of who they are and where they are. We're also going to have free ebooks and courses, including both the Hurting the Healing ebook and the therapy ebook I'm currently writing, live podcast episodes where you'll be able to interact with the guest and I in real time, community forums, exclusive merch, and categorized content so you can easily find information that may be useful to you. So go to expressyourselfblackman.com slash therapy and register for early access. It's literally a 30 second process. I just need your name, email, and social media handle to make sure you get access before anyone else. And before I dip, I just want to thank you for your support. Without people like you, none of this would be possible. I can't wait to see you when we launch. Sometimes I know you feel like you ain't got nobody to speak to Shoulder to lean on somebody you could preach to Now you need to hear it, my brother, I love you We got way too much to live for